0: What is up everyone, welcome back to another episode of the Fit for Life with Julie podcast. I am super excited because today I have my friend Robin from Melbourne joining me. She is a WBFF bikini competitor and the host of The Secret Life of a Bikini Competitor podcast, hello.
1: Hello, thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited.
0: (laughs) I am super excited for everyone to meet you through this podcast. So I think we need to go back to, I guess, the start of how you even got into fitness. For those of you that don't know Robin, her and I actually connected through her podcast. So I was on her podcast last last year, was it?
1: I was trying to think about this earlier. Was it last year or the beginning of this year? The whole... (laughs) (laughs) Whole time <laughs> all timelines all over together.
0: the place <laughs> yeah definitely yeah. so I would love for you to give us a little background about yourself how you got into the fitness industry
1: yeah so if I'm going sort of all the way back I don't really have a sporting background when I was growing up I was a ballet dancer so I did um I did that from like when I could walk until my mid-teens I think or when I found alcohol and boys um so I would do I did ballet I did tap jazz um tried all sorts of different types of dancing and then and I was kind of into just sort of hobbies and things so you know I did a bit of Thai boxing I tried a bit of aerial trapeze um but yeah like I said kind of fell into the crowd that was drinking and just kind of like going out all the time and that was kind of my life and it wasn't really until um a little bit later down the track when I moved to Australia that I got into fitness so really I kind of got into it wasn't really getting into fitness it was getting into losing weight I've struggled with um body dysmorphia and disordered eating for majority of my teens young adult life um experimented a lot with different yo-yo diets and you know you name it, crash diet, I know you name a crash diet I have tried it the no carb the no fat the only meat the vegan like I tried them all but obviously nothing sustainable Um, and it was always coming out of a place of unhappiness with my physique and kind of bad relationship with myself and my body so it kind of I hit a a rock bottom. I don't know what else to call it. Um, I'd been, I'd moved away to Australia. This is about eight and a half, almost nine years ago now. Um, I'd put on the traveling 10 kilos and and I was just at my wits end because I was just so unhappy with myself. I was just in a really bad place. And I was just like, right, okay, I need to do something about it. The girl I lived with at the time did CrossFit. And I was just like, great, don't know what this is, get me in there. And it was love at first lift, like (laughs) the first session. I know like the first session I was just like these people are so encouraging and before then I didn't anytime I went to a gym I just kind of would go on the treadmill or like pick a few dumbbells up not really know what I was doing and over the next sort of like I think I did it for about five or six years like taught me so much about um training and like training properly and uh how to use my body and how much my body was capable of and it was just really amazing like you know learned how to lift really heavy and it just it was so empowering um and obviously like anyone who's done CrossFit will know the community is just incredible there like just such a good vibe so it was still like an up and down journey like it was a long time before I really kind of have got to a place where I am now but uh in terms of like relationship with food and my body and stuff but yeah so loved CrossFit ended up doing it competitively like did some team comps um did this like this um Australian team comp called All Stars so we would compete at that each year and it was really fun Um, we went to nationals a couple of times so that was really cool wow. and just like it was really great because I just ended up idolizing these super strong women and who looked like all looked very different but like idolized them because of like their talent like their skill and their like drive and what they could do, rather than what they looked like, and it just so happened that they looked fucking badass. Sorry, swearing. Totally.
0: Oh, you're last. <laughs> Can to I swear? Yeah. <laughs> can. No, honestly, I really think that's such an interesting journey to go from like a dancer's background where dancers usually the type of dance like I did ballet when I was very very young and mm. even tried gymnastics but it's a very tiny frame. So to go from mm. that background to then trying all the fad diets and starting going to the gym with a goal of only like weight loss to then switch to CrossFit which is all about performance and how your body feels and getting mm. stronger. I think that's a really big shift and I think that's so sometimes you know especially in the bodybuilding world with competing there are people that will knock things like crossfit but at the end of the mm. day it's about finding something that you love and having that community yeah. that really helped you and supported you is just what you needed by the sounds of it
1: absolutely and like as it like growing up i was always a bit bigger than the little petite ballerina girls and it was without even realizing at that age it does become a bit of a complex i remember I've got this vivid memory of like we're all kneeling down in a little row and my legs, you know, when you kneel down and your thighs bulge out a little bit because of the muscle, it's just there, it's just how your legs look. But the girls next to me had these really slim like hot dogs and I was just like, why don't my legs look like theirs? And there's you just develop like these complexes without you realising it. Um, But now I love my big strong legs and I wouldn't have them any other way. But yeah, CrossFit, I think, it just, it was... A lot of up and downs, because obviously I was still struggling with a lot of um, body confidence issues, um, for want of a better phrase. Uh, But it definitely taught me more about like training for performance and eating for performance and focusing on what your body can do rather than just what it looks like.
0: Definitely. Um, so yeah. when you started doing crossfit, you didn't change your nutrition? You're still doing fad diets along there or when did you start to learn more about nutrition to make it more of a lifestyle?
1: I was still I was <laughs> partying just as hard as I was crossfitting. So I was crossfitting like 5 or 6 times a week but still going out on the weekend, binge drinking and stuff, and I don't regret it because I Uh, just moved to another another country I was still this is eight years ago now so I was like mid early mid-20s I was exploring like exploring Melbourne like and all the cool things it has to offer but yeah so really no kind of idea about nutrition and it really wasn't do you know it's really been I've been bodybuilding for almost four years now or training for comps and um it's really only been in the last sort of two years where I really feel like I've got a good grasp on nutrition so when I was doing CrossFit I think we did a couple of things. Like we did a eat to perform challenge where we ate, like, I think we worked out like our TDE. And um, then like, I ended up eating something like 2,800, 3,000 calories a day. and was like losing weight. And I was like, what is this? But I was training so much. So That's probably why, but did that for a month. And then was just like, oh, I miss wine and I miss going out. um So yeah, it wasn't really, Until I kind of started bodybuilding where I was just like, oh, okay. Nutrition plays a much more vital role in the whole aspect. If you want aesthetic goals, like nutrition is queen.
0: Yeah, we really can't outwork our diet as much as I wish mm. it was that easy. We both know that you can't. So then if you went from CrossFit to finally like, you know, moving into bodybuilding learning about nutrition, what mm. made you want to go into competing? Because that's a very interesting path to go down, especially if you have body dysmorphia.
1: Yeah, and it's not at all. what I do not, I did not practice what I preach now, which is probably why I preach it. But I am, um, got I got into it for all the wrong reasons I got into it because well I'd injured my shoulder I got a shoulder impingement um at one of the CrossFit comps and after that training wasn't really the same and I was just like I need a new focus I need something different I'd kind of fallen out of love with CrossFit and I was also still deeply unhappy with how I looked and my relationship with myself um and I was like I know what will fix me if I get really lean (laughs)
0: I'm
1: sure everyone has thought that at one point in their life you are not <laughs> alone on that oh my and how did that go for you yeah no not good um so <laughs> no it was so it was definitely born out of I want to look like those girls on the stage I think that I will be happy when that happens luckily even though it took a lot of ups and downs to get to where I am, the byproduct of this bodybuilding journey has been that I've developed an incredible relationship with my body and myself, but it has not been because of bodybuilding. It's been because of all the work that I've done to support bodybuilding in terms of like mental health work, journaling, like gratitude work and that kind of thing. So yeah, I I kind of, I remember having my first consultation with my coach at the time and he's like, so why do you want to do a bodybuilding show? And I was like, it looks fun he's like mm-hmm. <laughs> okay and I was like you know you know on the stage it talks to me as a dancer um it's training blah 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 and I just I did not have an idea of how hard it was going to be and and I but I learned so much and I I think that's why I still do it even though you know it was a difficult prep I had a really bad rebound at the other side of it but it's when I started writing I started a blog it's which kind of you know superseded the podcast and and kind of what I do today because I was learning so much like every week I was like I'm learning so much about myself and my drive and nutrition and training and and training with intent and purpose and obviously actually what happens when you actually follow a diet plan and yeah so it was wasn't necessarily for the right reasons but uh, luckily I was able to get on top of that.
0: Yeah. So there's, oh my gosh, there's so much I want to talk to you about Mm. in that. (laughs) I don't even know where to start, but let's start with going into it then in hindsight, what would be any Mm. advice you have for someone that is looking to start preparing for something like a WBFF bikini? show because I have a lot of women that listen to this podcast that have Mm. seen me compete and also are interested in that and I think it's important that we actually talk about like you said it's not necessarily something you just do for a laugh for fun because Mm. it is really hard and I don't think people talk about that enough like how
1: hard it is absolutely and I'm like where do I even start I've got so many so many things um maybe just with that you know what I've been talking about there like really drilling into what the reasons you are doing it because yes it is fun and yes it is great and yes i get so much out of it but it's also really hard like and there's things that i'm not it's it's good to see more people sort of talking about these kind of things like your relationship with food might never be the same again like if you've gone from never tracking food never really thinking about it to like right now where i am 10 weeks out from a show it's everything i think about all day every day and especially like now, it's, it, I'm okay. I've got a good, a better relationship with food and handle on that. But back then, when I didn't, that was excruciating. And uh, I just had no idea. Like this, it is hard. Your body goes through a lot. You sacrifice a lot. Like I think just acknowledging that it's not going to be a walk in the park. Um, but I think my biggest number one thing I would suggest to anyone who's considering prepping for a bodybuilding show. Is spend six months like trying, like do, like committing to some sort of challenge or diet or something like that. Like it doesn't have to be extreme practice, adherence and consistency because they're the two things that's going to get you to like your end goal. Yes. I, yeah, I never, I mean, you just heard me talking about like crash diets and even when I was doing CrossFit, going out and binge drinking and stuff like that, like I'd never committed to a diet in my life.
0: No, and then to go all in on something like a competition prep, honestly, you and I have like mirror journeys. I was the exact same. I never stuck to anything properly. I had an idea of mm-hmm. macros at least, but I went into my first prep and I followed like a one page meal plan type thing that was typically classed as quote mark, clean eating. So of course, after it, like you said, you had a really bad first comp. So what happened after your first competition?
1: So- for my first comp, I did, um, and everyone's got different preferences. I have a flexible diet now. Um, my coach gives me macros, but back then I had a meal plan, and my coach at the time very much favoured a higher fat, lower carb, gut health kind of yeah. approach. And yeah, and um, and it was very strict, and it was very regimented to this point where I probably ate the exact same thing for every single meal for twenty weeks, and like. I had a, to, be, to give myself credit, I, st- I stuck to it. Well done. I probably had a little, a little few extra sauces here and there and things like that because just can't do bland chicken and I love tomato sauce on everything. On <laughs> everything. <laughs> oh, so funny, yeah. I think Twins. we just lost a few people. Well, definitely, you love it yeah. or you hate it. <laughs> yeah,
0: definitely, oh dear. Yeah, I mean, well done to you for sticking to that, even if you had a few extra sources mm. here and there. I personally just, it goes to show that, it's impossible for someone to expect that they can eat the exact same thing for the rest of their life and adhere to that whether you're doing Mm. low carb like a keto diet thing or whether it's following a one-page meal plan it's just the best thing that you can do for yourself is to invest time and learning about nutrition and having that ability to flexible diet like both you and I are very pro-flexible dieting and even on Mm. comp prep you're flexible dieting now aren't you
1: Yeah, Yeah. exactly. And yeah, like it's taught me so much about nutrition, but like for that prep, yeah, I just, I had all very basic bland meals and there was a lot of things that now like tools implemented like intermittent fasting, which I would not use now because I can't wait till 1pm to eat my meal. It's just not happening. I can maybe wait till 10am and then like, do not come near me because I am a hot mess. <laughs> not <laughs> yeah. a nice person to be around. No. Um, but yeah, so I came out the other end of that show and I'd done everything that I advocate people not to do. I'd made a list of places that I wanted to eat. I'd made dates with people that I wanted to hang out with. I'd got, I had a list of things I wanted to bake. I had a cupboard full of treats, donuts, all these kind of things. And I went ham and then I struggled because I struggled with the concept of like, well, coaches like, you can relax a little bit. I'm like, yeah, but what's a little bit. If I've got this very specific meal plan and then like you're saying, is it like one meal out a week? And I just kind of like, you know, what is the go? And very quickly I watched that stage physique, the leanest I've ever been in my entire life disappeared before my eyes. I had no idea what was going on. I didn't have a very good reverse plan if one at all. I don't, even if I didn't, wouldn't have stick to it. Maybe. and. I just felt a little bit lost and I felt like I'd, I would was so proud of myself and then all of a sudden I'm coming out the other side and I was just like I can't even stick to my diet like training feels like shit I'd lost my period I didn't know what was going on and all I could think about is so aesthetic is I had a holiday in Bali at the end of the year, it was two months later. And I was like, I'm not even going to look good. And I was like, went on holiday. And I was like, I've lost my Bali body. And I just had no idea what I was doing. And yeah, it was really hard. And like, what happens when I get really stressed, I get teeth problems. So I had a, a wisdom, my wisdom tooth got infected, had to have it ripped out. Same happened again, I can't remember what it was. Like it's weird. You know how like stress manifests itself in different ways. But yeah, I got like this really bad tooth issue. I got like this weird skin condition. Like I was my body was just so stressed and inflamed and was just so sad. And it was sad.
0: So, my heart just breaks because I've been there before <laughs> as well. And I'm sure many other competitors have too. And it just goes to show there's a few key things to pick up from that. One is the importance of having structure, like the diet after a diet, whether it's comp prep or any kind of a fat loss phase. Like I always want girls on my squad to go through the fat loss phase and then to stay with me to at least reverse diet to maintenance because most people do any kind of diet and then they'll gain the weight back. And we both know how heartbreaking it is to work Mm. so hard and feel so proud of yourself to then lose it within the space of like, you know, a few weeks. (laughs)
1: Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. it really is and like I just as a I know a lot I'll start this again I wish I'd had my expectations set a little bit better by my coach at the time saying that I'm not putting blame on them as a as a coach like it's not it's I'm never going to be like it's 100% their fault because there was a lot of stuff that you know I could have done as well um but also like I feel like even in the last year, a couple of years, a lot more people are talking about what happens after comp physically, mentally, emotionally, which is great. So like that is my advice is like absorb that information. You can't prepare for it. It is a bizarre uh, post comp is the hardest part, um, but it is important to set those expectations because it is a really challenging time.
0: Definitely. I would say that post-comp is harder than the actual comp prep because you've got mm. the comp prep building up to this exciting time for anyone that doesn't mm. want to compete. I would compare it to something like a wedding day. You know? You're know, you building mm. up all this hype to getting towards the special day and then it's gone in 24 hours. And then after that, it's like, oh, what next? And if you've got a coach that says, oh, you know, have a few meals off. Like I've had coaches in the past say things like, oh, you can relax for a few days. It won't be too bad. Well, wow. I don't think any of my past coaches know my appetite because like girl
1: can eat this girl can (laughs) eat yeah I love that you say it's like a wedding I think of it as like um New Year New Year's Eve New Year's Day like you're working out it's so exciting you've got Christmas and everything in between Christmas and New Year's so sick everyone's just eating cheese and drunk the whole time and then you get to New Year's Day and you're like oh fuck back to reality (laughs) (laughs) you know that feeling on new year's day where you're like great what do i do now
0: (laughs) yeah yeah oh dear new year new me of course (laughs) but anyway so following on from competing how many cops have you done is it the one just
1: two just two two.
0: okay cool so you both of them were wbfs
1: no so my first one was icn victoria uh, I did bikini and then my second one was WBFF bikini.
0: Okay. And then you took a break. So, how long's the break been?
1: Because yes, now you're like on the trip. I am. Like a lot of people, it was an accidentally longer break than anticipated. But so I competed with WBFF in October 2019. And then it was so it's been that that was my that last time that I competed oh, that
0: was my last comp too October yeah. in New Zealand though yeah. for me yeah so yeah. and now you've decided to go back into competing but after your comp with WBFF the last one did you mm. think after that that you would compete again and it just ended up being a longer break due to the world shutting down or did you kind of just decide to prep now going through COVID and everything like what was kind of the choice to compete again or were you always going to
1: I was always going to so if I thought my first comp was a bit of a roller coaster my second comp was worse I went (laughs) I feel like I need to like give this little backstory to sort of set up why I'm like it's been so long and why I'm competing now but yes I went out of that one I went into what I was calling a bulk it was just a free (laughs) eat, just a a rebound then came back from that trip to Bali continued to bulk and got to like my heaviest that I think I've been. And then um, for me, like, for, I think I was like 82 kilos, which for me, my frame is quite big. That's not a big weight. I'm just saying for me personally, Of course. I'm just saying that to give context, because then I had to get down to like 60 something over the course of like a few months. And I had like a holiday to go watch my friends get married in Italy in the middle where I try to stick to my prep. And I just did not um as additional stress in my life my dad was really sick at the time and I was back home in the UK with him and then came back and again I was on this strict meal plan I wasn't really adhering I wasn't really like committing to it and it just was not it was not the prep (laughs) but I still got up on that stage and loved it and rocked it and no it was not my best physique and yeah like I look back on the pics and I'm like oh gosh I wish I you know had done this differently but massive learning curve and also like I'm really forgiving of myself because it was such a stressful time in my life but I went straight from that comp home to be with my dad who um sadly passed away at the end of that year um and like in that time weirdly I taught myself if it fits your macros because I finished that comp and I was just like I never want to fucking look at meal plan ever again and I was just like I need something to control in my life because everything is spinning out of control so I I left my coach and I was like I'm teaching myself flexible dieting and that kind of was just something I focused on while I was caring for my dad and it was just like something to take my mind out of that stress and then I was just like right okay I felt like I'd in a weird way developed this like relationship with better relationship with my body and food because I was just like not like this is not important like my body isn't in the grand scheme of things like with what's going on in my life I was just like I can do this I got this um and I knew I wanted to compete again and I think I'm actually really super glad that COVID happened and in, not that how COVID happened but like oh, yeah. I wasn't oh god. <laughs> oh god I'll take that back <laughs> yeah really glad that it, I was not able to compete last year because of um, environmental extraneous factors, because again, I think I was going to try and get into a comp prep to try and fix something that was going on in my life, which was the stress of losing dad. Luckily I started with an incredible coach who's very intuitive, emotionally intuitive, very smart. um, And he, even from the outset was just like, I'm not sure that doing a prep right now is the best thing, but let's start working together and building everything up. So um yeah we kind of did we spent the year doing like a cut and a build um and still trying to repair my menstrual cycle which we managed to do Yay. um with I know again got it back again um yes. and and then with the view we were just like let's just as soon as all the lockdowns and things happening, we are like let's just focus on 2021 lol yeah. um and we'll just kind of go from there so yeah
0: Yeah, wow. What a crazy year and Mm. a half or two you've had. Sorry to hear about your dad as well. But I'm also glad to hear that you used that time to, you know, take care of yourself despite how stressful Mm. it was. And I've actually heard that a lot of people like doing competitions or, you know, tracking macros and things because it's a sense of like control. Whereas there's so many other things in the world that you can't control. One thing you can control is the food you're putting into your body and the outcomes. So you've been in a lockdown now in Melbourne you mentioned before we jumped on the podcast for 200 days
1: yeah so like in total from March last year or whatever till now Melbourne has been in we're in our sixth lockdown here and it has been just over 200 days so I've been in lockdown for pretty much my entire prayer, almost oh my (laughs) gosh yeah it's been crazy what equipment do you have
0: weight wise for
1: so when we went into our second lockdown last year which was the really strict one where melbourne was in lockdown for like 111 days or something like the week before that was announced that lockdown i was like i know we're going into lockdown and i i bought a bunch of weight plates so i've got 100 kilos worth of weight bumper plates i've got a barbell i've got some dumbbells a bench squat rack like i went bananas and i set up a little gym in my garage downstairs because like you were saying like that having i needed something to control that's how i managed to deal with like my dad being really sick i was just like this is my one thing i can control in a world of things that's spinning out of control again it was like i was like there's no way i'm not exercising or doing it like that just was not an option for me so i was like i'm just gonna make it work i'm gonna be one of those panic buyers but I'm not panic buying toilet roll and panic buying gym equipment. <laughs>
0: Great investment. Definitely. I'm sure it's like <laughs> you've already made your money's worth just from the amount you've used oh. in these 200 days. Absolutely crazy. So how are you finding prep? You're, are you nine weeks out now?
1: Nine weeks out. Yeah. I have loved 90% of this prep. Like obviously there's the always the challenging bits but like I was saying like it just ended up being the right time for me at prep like last year was would still I look back and I'm like oh, I'm so glad I didn't prep because my mindset still wasn't in it I still hadn't quite clicked into like that right frame of mind um and then by the time I started prep I started like my first phase of prep in like March because I'd recovered my menstrual cycle I'd had to put on a lot of wakes I had to reduce my training volume get myself back to a level of homeostasis that my body likes my body likes to be a certain body weight even though even if I don't
0: (laughs) me too me too (laughs)
1: um so we were like let's start slow but early um so we started around March time just tightening things up um you know slowly reducing and it was never going to be a linear approach it was not like let's start in March um here and just like take our our calories down all the way to October we've done like diet breaks and refeeds and that kind of thing um and it's been so enjoyable like the first few months while my body was kind of getting used to things were really slow and really frustrating and I did have a few um hissy fits but uh, I think it's like from April it's just been like incredible and the support I've had from my coach has been amazing I'm really enjoying the journey I just like and sometimes I'm just like in such disbelief because I'm like, this is, yeah, it's challenging, but it's not hard like this time around because I'm I'm like, I've got this, I've nailed this one. I've unlocked the oh, love- secret.
0: <laughs> yes, I love that. And I can actually see. Say- in your instagram stories and your posts like you can tell that you're proud of how far you've come on this prep and i'm so proud of you because it's a lot to go through from rebounding up to comps and everything that you've gone through like I know there's a lot of uncertainty around things in the world right now and to prep through such an uncertain time is a win in mm. itself like it really shows your discipline to be able to keep going at it every single day not knowing what's happening in the world right
1: now so or knowing what's happening yeah. in the world right now. I know yeah. and that's like that is has made so apparent more than anything else like there's last sort of year or whatever that you have to be competing for the right reasons because if you're not like and that's okay if you realize you're not by the way like it you just it just needs to be a thing because if I was competing for like I wouldn't have been able to stay compliant and adherent like it would have been this would have been a really challenging mentally but because I'm enjoying it because I'm like because I'm not stressed about if the show gets cancelled. Obviously, I'll be sad if the show gets cancelled. A, I've spent a lot of money. <laughs> 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 I would not like that to be in vain. But... Um... It, obviously you want it to show off your hard work and I was saying to my friend yesterday like it's a crying shame I've never looked this good in my life and never felt this good about myself and no one can fucking see it yeah, you <laughs> I'm single and ready to mingle <laughs> I cannot and mingle Melbourne's not letting you <laughs> yeah. oh wow you can still look good and post it on Instagram you know <laughs> you know it you know it um but be like but if it what I was going to say if it doesn't go ahead for me it's not the end of the world because I've achieved something I've achieved so much more than I anticipated like it's fell in love so much with the journey this time around that and practice what I preach the stage will always be there and you know it's not the end of the world if the comp doesn't go ahead I'll just reverse out do a photo shoot if I can um or just take some sick pics for Instagram and um you know come back to the stage next time I'm ready
0: Yeah, maybe we'll be backstage together one day, but fingers crossed for the show to go ahead this year. Uh, Other thing I wanted to go back to is you spoke quite a bit about, you know, losing your cycle and how your body tends to like sitting at a certain weight. And I think it's super important, maybe for other people to hear it from someone else other than me to know that, getting your cycle back is the most important thing you can do. Like, yes, you might need to gain some weight, but it's so important, right? Like, can you talk a little bit Mm -hmm. about how hard it is or um, I guess the importance of increasing those calories and not being afraid to gain
1: weight? 100%, yeah. So I lost my period, my first comp about two months out. Never really got it back um until I was like peak peak bulk again around that like top end of the 70s early 80 kilos mark for my frame um got it back for like two months and then it went again as I prepped for the next one and then it just never came back because I think with all the stress like competing and then all the stress that was going on in my life and we kind of got like halfway through last year and I said to my coach Paolo and I was like I still don't have my cycle and he's like right well do you want to compete? And I was like, yeah. And he's just like, right, well, let's, you're going to compete next year, whenever that may be. So we need to turn this ship around and we need to start focusing on getting your menstrual cycle back. He's like, obviously, A, it's so important that you have it, but he's like, selfishly, it will make your prep 10 times easier because your body will be working as it's supposed to. So what we did is first, I spent a lot of time in doctors clinics, getting blood tests, I started seeing a endocrinologist just to make sure that nothing more sinister was happening underneath the hood. Everything came back fine. I had a few, I had, well, everything looked fine. Obviously I got my bloods done and I could see, I think that my, <laughs> the doctor said your estrogen's at premenopausal levels. I was like, oh, okay, cool. I'm 30. So that's great. <laughs> yeah. Um, but it was just probably just because I didn't have my cycle. So yeah, so I worked with health professionals alongside my coach. So what we did is, yeah, we reduced my training volume, we increased my calories, um and with that came a a lot of weight gain. So I went, I've been so many body shapes in the last year. So that when we made that decision, I was at the end of a cut, and I was down to sixty eight kilos, I think. Then I went back up over the course, like because we just like kept doing what I was doing until it came back up to the course of another like 80 kilos again at the end of the year. And it was hard. It was really hard because again, I was watching a nice physique that I'd just built go like fade away. Um, This was still obviously a lot of my, this is before I started doing a lot of my really focused mindset work and seeing a therapist. I was still a lot of my self value was rooted in my, appearance Um, and I had like this weird complex that like my friends would judge me because I'm supposed to be this bodybuilder but like I was in my eyes overweight like I was just still dealing with that whole thing so it was really hard and you know I had what I had to do was put away all my nice small clothes in the other wardrobe and I had a new wardrobe of clothes that actually fit me. And I just had to start doing this work around like, who gives a shit, Robin, if your dress size is a 12, a 14 or a six, like it's an arbitrary number. It doesn't matter. The clothes fit you, they look good. So that's what I did. I cleared out all my smaller clothes and I was like, I'll come back to you one day. And then I just got like a new wardrobe that fit me and made me feel good and look good. Um, and yeah, it was, it was hard because it was such a short space of time that I had to put on this weight, but I had a goal and the goal was get my menstrual cycle back and it worked and I did get it back Yay. and I was very happy and it, I hadn't had it for like two years. And honestly, when it came back, I like almost cried and like had this like urge to send my endocrinologist and my best friend a picture. <laughs> I just text them instead and we're just like, oh, I wanted to do a picture, but I've got my period.
0: Yeah, I'm sure they would appreciate a text instead of a photo, but I was the exact same. Mm. I can't remember how long mine was without, maybe nine months or so. And I almost cried when I got it back and I was just so mm. happy. I ran out of the bathroom like, yeah. And you just want to tell everyone because it's like, yeah. I
1: know. <laughs> Which but it's awesome. so important to have it. Like it's your like... It's a sign that everything's working in your body and like, yeah, okay, so it's convenient when you don't have it and it's cheaper. You don't have to buy tampons, blah, blah, blah. But um, it also comes with a lot of side effects, which I didn't realize until my period came back. And with it, my boobs, my energy, my sleep, my sex drive. I was like the horniest woman in the world. And I was just like, where? I just thought that I wasn't, I just thought I didn't really, I wasn't a very sexual person, didn't have a sex drive, even though like I used to be a really sexual person. I used to love sex a lot. And now I was just like, no, you know, I've just got older. It's just not me. Um, and then, yeah, my, all my hormones came flooding back and it was like timed perfectly with when Bridgerton, I don't know if you ever watched that TV. Oh, I haven't series. watched
0: it, but I've heard about it.
1: <laughs> it's very raunchy. And I was just like, oh my gosh, I'm having a sexual awakening at 31. Like, <laughs>
0: Oh my gosh, I love this so much for the podcast. I am glad that Ross did not join us on this one. Oh, that is so funny. Yeah, but I'm sure everyone listening to this can take away from it the importance of having a regular cycle. And if you don't have one, it's really important to go see all the professionals that you can to get that on track. I've done lots of videos about it as well. The main things I found that helped me were as well increasing calories, increasing my body weight uh taking back caffeine like you said you're really stressed around that time so for me it meant taking back training as well as cutting out all caffeine Mm,
1: so yeah resting like that reducing the training stimulus because your body your body just recognizes stress it doesn't recognize the stressor it doesn't go this stress is caused by exercise this stress is caused by a tiger chasing me like this stress is caused by a really mean boss or high caffeine like it just goes i am stressed and that's when it starts shutting down things that it doesn't need and like, you know, different responses and things like that. So rest, recovery, food,
0: yes embrace that food yeah I do think mm. with a lot of the women that will come to me and they say they want to get their cycle back that they want to lose weight and it's like well which do you actually want because you can't really mm. be looking to have both and it's so important it's like when people say oh I really want to lose my stomach fat but I'd also like to grow my glutes I'd also like to get way stronger in the gym and also did I mention I want to run a half marathon And it's like, (laughs) we're not magicians over here. So you really got to pick your goals and like stick to them. So in terms of your goals around competing and things like that, so you'll do October and then do you see uh, competing being something you want to continue doing long-term or is it just kind of something you want to do and then move on to other things? What are your goals for the future? Not that you can really predict the future these days.
1: Oh, you're telling me. Yeah, so... Compete in ideally WBFF in nine weeks time. If I can't get into Queensland, because that's a very real possibility at the moment without having to do a two week quarantine, which I just wouldn't do. Um, I might try and do some an ICN show in Victoria or might hop up on IFBB stage because there's a IFBB show coming up just to do it. Like I love being on stage. This show, so they're all happening around the same time. My g- goal is to do one of them If they get pushed back, if any of the comps get pushed back this side of Christmas, I'll still do them. As soon as they start getting pushed back into next year, I will hang my heels up, go, look, this is a very good time. Thank you for a lovely prep. But my priorities have changed now um, and will change into next year. So by the end of this year, it'll be two years since I've seen my mum because she's back in the UK. And obviously, without dad, she's on her own now. She's got some great friends, but obviously, she just
0: little old mum
1: there on the road and don't tell her I said old. Um, <laughs> so as soon as, you know, hopefully by the end of this year, fingers crossed, Touchwood, we'll have a better idea of international borders opening and things like that. So I want to have the capacity, the freedom, the money to be able to go and see her, to travel, to do things. Um, I work at an incredible, incredible Tech startup. We've got offices in the states and Berlin, and I've never met any of my team there because I started during the pandemic. And I'd love to be able to go and fly and see them. And I've spent the last three years prepping and in lo- in lockdown and things like that. I'd love to go out and experience food, experience the incredible restaurants here um you know go out for meals be that spontaneous friend that's like hey it's Tuesday let's go and get some ramen or like whatever like I haven't been that person for a very long time and now I'm in a really good place with my body and my relationship with food I'm I'm actually super excited for post-comp not because I'm like oh my god I can't wait for it to be over but just because I'm like I'm excited not afraid of the prospect of getting a little bit of normality back and that makes me so happy so yeah and quite a few of my friends are pregnant so there's gonna be lots of little babies running around so I'll be on anti duties. so you know got to practice what I preach the stage is always going to be there at some point I will come back to it um especially if I don't get to compete this year I'll have unfinished business with that stage um mm-hmm. but yeah gonna take probably take a couple years off um and just chill train for enjoyment eat for enjoyment yes (laughs) Um, and do some traveling yeah
0: awesome that sounds like a plan and then one more thing I wanted to go back to before we do a quick five to finish up is you (sighs) actually mentioned speaking to therapists As Mm. well, and I've been to therapy too, and I think that it needs to be normalized. Like it's kind of a scary thing to speak about sometimes, um, due to fear of judgment. But at what point Mm. did you realize that you know, wanted to reach out and speak to someone? Because I think a lot of women listening to this, um, you know, would really benefit from speaking to a counselor or a therapist, but they're a little bit nervous. So, what was kind of the Mm -hmm. trigger to make you want to reach out for help?
1: I'm so glad you asked about this because I it's the best thing that I've done. Like the best, but you know, when someone's like, what's the best thing you've ever like decision you've ever made going to therapy, hands down. As, and I don't know why it took me so long. As someone that struggled with depression and, you know, disordered eating when I was growing up, I don't know why it, it took me so long. Anyway, I actually reached out to try and find, I went to my GP cause we can get subsidized um, sessions through Medicare in Australia. And um, you can get, thanks to COVID um, you can get up to 20 subsidized sessions, oh, wow. um, mental health sessions now, which is great. You just have to go to your GP um, and say, I would like a mental health care plan and they will sort them for you. So instead of like $200, you pay $70 per session. Amazing. Or something like that It's quite amazing. Um, but I went for grief because it was coming up to the anniversary of the one year of my dad's death. And I was like, I don't know how I'm going to handle this. And I've put a lot of focus into just, obviously I've been in lockdown, there's been a lot of distraction. I've put a lot of focus into dieting and training and stuff like that, but something is going to crack. So I was like, I need to get on the front foot. Start seeing uh, my therapist who is amazing and um, was just like, yeah, this is where I'm at. This is what's going on. I really am committed to see you for grief, but really there's quite a few things going on in this old noggin of mine that I probably need to address at some point. <laughs> and have been seeing her every two three weeks give or take since and that was October last year so grief was the catalyst um but I'd already started doing a lot of um mental health work myself anyway I love to read my funnily enough my degree is in psychology that was a whole decade ago it means nothing now um but so I find psychology like books that um you know like the power of habit or like atomic habits you know grit like those kind love those books um what's the one um how to do the work like love those books because they're grounded in psychology um and I'd started journaling and doing gratitude and um journaling and meditating and things like that and those things combined with what I was seeing my therapist for has just blown my mind how much it's changed the game for me like it's I am a completely different person and I love it so much not necessarily a completely different person I'm just more of aware of the person that I am and it's like it's it's been amazing and it's really been really beneficial and you know some weeks I'm like oh do I need to go and see her probably not and then I'm like no just just even if you just chat sometimes I just like tell her all the good things I'm doing and she's like great well done <laughs> yeah
0: sometimes I like, honestly I'm like oh do I need to go maybe maybe not and then I go and then it turns out to be a really good session I'm like oh yeah okay so I probably should have gone anyway and I do think and the ones really you miss
1: work. the ones you miss are always the ones that you need it's like physio appointments like anytime I've cancelled a physio appointment because I don't feel like I need to I've like pulled something the next day and I'm like damn it <laughs> yeah
0: definitely I my brother actually explained uh therapy as something like you know it's just like a doctor's checkup, but for your mind and I think when you see it that way is a more positive thing it's just so important so I'm glad that you spoke about that as well and I'm glad that it's helped you so much
1: um and yeah, for those and books
0: I've- books as well sorry I'll have to put that in the show notes as well
1: Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, I'll give you this. It's "Grit" by Angela Duckworth. "Power of Habit" by Charles Duhigg. "Atomic Habits" by James. I've Taylor. recommended I it to them. everyone. <laughs> it's like, that, that changed my life. that's um, a game changer yeah, book. It's changed. It changed the way I think about things and how I set myself up for success. But um, yeah, just that's sort the of last thing on therapy. I was going to say is like, even if you like, this is what I say to people, and they're just like, oh, I don't feel like I need therapy. And I'm like, therapy should not necessarily always just be there to be a band-aid on some an issue that you have for me now it's super proactive work it's getting on the front foot it's like yeah I feel good now but why why don't I try and feel great why don't I try and feel amazing um I think yeah there's and it you know if you don't like it you don't like it but try it
0: and sometimes it takes you a couple to find the right one like I remember going into one like years ago I walked in I cried I left and I never went back to her until like a couple of years ago when I found another one that Ross my fiance, recommended and uh, that went really well and so it might take you a couple to find one that you actually like and gel with and can open up to and I think it's also a perk of being able to speak to someone about whatever's happening in your mind that's external it's not like a partner it's not a friend it's not a family member like it's a non-biased person to talk to that's not going to judge you for whatever you have to say or give you yeah, yeah their biased opinion based on knowing other people in your life as well which I think is really nice
1: I couldn't awesome. agree more I remember seeing a th- psychologist or whatever when I was younger I was like 15 I was super depressed and my mom was just like I need to help this child and went in he was like this old white man and we did obviously, I just had nothing in common with him at all. And I was just like, this is, I would never want to do this again. So, got two, yeah. 15 years later, and I found <laughs> found a good therapist, but yes. one that I can relate to.
0: I love that. Okay. Oh my gosh. I know we could talk all day long, but <laughs> I thought I'd do a quick five with you. So, five, five little questions at ya. You can just look out, your, look out your answers that come to your mind. So, favorite glute exercise?
1: Oh my gosh. Favorite glute exercise. It's got to be a hip thrust. <laughs>
0: oh, me too. I love <laughs> favorite sweet treat.
1: Oh my gosh. Can oats count? Cause oats oh, yeah. is like, oats. Like oats You can make like,
0: them. Oh,
1: oh I had yeah, oats before this like,
0: podcast. What, um, what would you yeah. top them
1: with? What's in them? Ooh. So my go-to at the moment is like, um, like apple sauteed with like maple syrup and cinnamon and then Biscoff together.
0: That is a, co- okay, yeah, that's definitely sweet. I have still not tried Biscoff. Everyone is going <gasps> crazy for it. I think it's really? a dangerous what? thing to have in the house. I think it's quite like a Natella type, yeah. like, ooh, you've got to really have some self-control to have that in the house.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I don't know if you can see in the video, but up there, is my graveyard of spreads that I have to put on the highest top shelf far away from me otherwise this little finger goes wandering (laughs) into (laughs) each pot. you
0: have to have them far away out of sight out of mind okay uh favorite savory meal pizza
1: hands down oh
0: yeah that was easy are you a pineapple on the pizza kind of girl
1: You know I am. You know I am.
0: So I was like, I don't think we can be (laughs) friends if you answer no to this, but yes, of course I am too. And first, oh, I can already guess where this is going to be, but first country
1: you want to visit when you can. Oh, I'm gonna have to say England because I want to see my mama. Um, but actually I just want to go back to Italy. So if I can meet her there, that would be great.
0: Perfect. And actually, I just noticed I only put four quick questions down, not five. So I guess it's a quick what today? Awesome. Oh my gosh. Thank you so much for chatting with me. I absolutely loved having you on. Where can everyone find you?
1: Thank you so much for having me on. I was so stoked when you asked me to come on. It's been too long since we chatted, so it was amazing. Um yeah, so if you want to Find me on Instagram, I'm at Robin Zimmy. That's R-O-B-Y-N-Z-I-M-M-Y. And if you want to check out the podcast uh, on Instagram, it's at Secret Life of the Bikini Competitor. Um, And yeah, you can find me on Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, wherever you like to listen to your podcasts.
0: Awesome. Thank you so much, Robin. Thank you everyone for tuning in. Make sure you tag us on Instagram stories, take a screenshot and share it. We would love to hear how you found the podcast. Catch you in the next one.